you, 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 you are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels and Simon Street here on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting and uh, welcome to Three Counts. Uh, this week uh, we're going to kick it off here talking about uh, L.A. Knight. Uh, this comes from uh, comicbook.com. Why did WWE try to book L.A. Knight as a manager? L.A. Knight has proven himself to be one of WWE's hottest rising stars of 2023. Um Knight reverted back to his old uh, persona of uh, L.A. Knight uh, from Max Dupree when uh, Triple H uh, took over the uh, head of creative. Um, And Knight has poked fun at the Dupree character in interviews ever since. He explained in a new interview with the Daily Mail that the WWE was hesitant to push him as an in-ring competitor, due to his age, he's 40 and has 20 years of in-ring experience. I come up for a dark match. I get the attention of the right people. Hey, who is this guy? But then the age thing comes up. Whispers, oh no, he's 40. Danger. But I'm not an average 40-year-old. I haven't gone through the ringer. I haven't had a bunch of surgeries or injuries, knock on wood. I've lived a good, youthful life in a certain sense. I've taken care of myself in a way I would say most don't. And also, I look a certain way where obviously I got somebody's attention. But that number came up and it was like, well, okay, maybe we make him a manager. So some things happened here. It was not my cup of tea. And definitely, I don't think it was for me. But somehow... There I was. Some things happened, and we don't need to go into, and then eventually L.A. Knight was back. Um, You know, in an interview with comicbook.com leading up to match with Bray Wyatt in 2023 Rumble Royal, uh, Knight uh, explained why the Dupree character wasn't clicking. Quote, how honest do you want me to be? I'll just say this, at the end of the day, I can make anything work, but at the end of the day, I've got a real tough time not being, I'll tell you this, it wasn't me. So when things come to pass and LA Knight started to shine through it, it was the right place to go and not a moment too soon. Um, You know, this article comes up and is very interesting for the fact that we're talking about age, we're talking about a number, and we're talking about someone who had been on nationally televised TV in wrestling for a number of years, 
before he got to WWE. We're also talking someone who did get signed by NXT uh, a number of years ago and then was let go uh, not too far into his time there. Um, so it's not like people shouldn't have been aware of who he is. Um, Sean Ricker has been around, like I said, for 20 years. Um, it's just surprising that it was a discovered that he was 40 and let's make him a manager, even though Vince McMahon was, I believe, around 52 or 53 when he started doing the stuff with Austin back in 97, 98. So what are your takes on, on the ageism being a factor here uh, with uh, L.A. Knight? Well, you know, it's it's first and foremost, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Um, L.A. Knight, or as most people, if you've known him even longer, uh, in, in his, within his 20s years, uh, Eli Drake, done phenomenal. Uh, and there are other people who are of the age of 40 who are starting to get looked at and they can still go you know there's a lot more aspects to just age to look at now should age be a hindrance no should age be something to look at as okay in my mind how do we make sure that we're not overbooking him right uh but i can't really even say that sometimes because if you think about it um there's a lot of people who are much younger who are riddled with injuries so you can't really just say that as well um, one thing, good thing in the article uh, that that was talked about, um, that LA and I talked about, was just he's taken care of himself in a way, to where he's been able to keep himself healthy for this long with that twenty years experience, right? Not being riddled with surgeries, which means he's probably making right decisions. Not everything can be just luck, right? You're probably making right decisions. Um, and the reason why I say that, too, is, you know, you got you got other people in the business who are still going full blast at the age of over 40. Kenny King is another one over the age of 40, still doing good. And, and he's not like somebody that just, you know, uh, he's he, he does all types of events, whether it's an indie show here in, in uh, FSW or he's, you know, doing ROH when he was doing ROH. Now he's doing Impact. Yeah, he's oh, everywhere. And you have these guys who are, for me, quote unquote, cream of the crop. You can insert them in. Now, the, what makes LA Knight a little bit different is I think a lot of people slept on him to a certain extent until he got to the NXT. To, NXT. to me, there's no difference between uh, Eli Drake and LA Knight from well, the NXT standpoint. I mean, no, the only difference between the two is that you could watch one on TV. The other you have to find, right? You, you, you got to get the access. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, and, and I think, you know, one of the things that we get that gets lost here, and, and this is this is the damn truth about the WWE. Um, and it, you know, the, you can look for years and years and years. This is how the system has gone. And that is. If you invest in a 40-year-old, literally starting 40-year-old. Now, we know he's had the experience. We know he's had other places. But you, as the WWE, are starting to invest in him because he didn't have that 
huge exposure and you start investing him at 40, how many years does he give you in terms of being a top guy, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get 15 years, I mean, he's 55 at that point, you know? That's a big thing. Um, whereas you start to um, look at guys who start in their system at a young age. Um, ironically enough, look at The Rock, right? The Rock starts, he's a young guy. I think he was like 24-ish when he started. Mm -hmm. By the time he was 30, he was done because he was now a Hollywood star. So that's that that's a very interesting thing and one of the interesting things about that is people have been comparing la knight to the rock in austin uh and la knight says hey if you want to make that comparison cool my aim is to be bigger and better than either of them i bring a very different package to the table than they do at the same time are there similarities sure there are there is kobe to michael those kind of comparisons, if you want to make me the Kobe to their Jordan, I'll take it, he said. Um, when asked who his Jordan is, Knight replied, there's a four-way tie. Hulk Hogan started it all for me, even Hollywood and the NWO, good stuff. Him, Ric Flair, Austin Rock, I could not pick a top. Um, so, you know, in, in that instance of uh, that idea that he's 40 years old and he's getting compared to The Rock and Austin, um, you know, is it can can you see them having to capitalize on this now? Because if they don't, then they might miss the boat on a time frame to, you know, you go from maybe having seven good years to only having four good years with them. Well, you, and you make a very good point. And as I was reading this article, I thought the same thing. But then I also look at what is a talent if it's not multidimensional? And I think that when you think of L.A. Knight, multidimensional, right? And he's great on the mic. Obviously, he has uh, – uh, uh, and I'll even say it because we talked about him being like The Rock. He has that electric charisma to connect with the crowd. His catchphrase is more than just saying L.A. Night. Yeah, like he his cadence is perfect. Um, his in-ring, I'll say it and probably might get shit for it, but I don't care, uh, is about as diverse and maybe a little bit more diverse in, in many instances than John Cena. So you can't sit there and say that, you know, uh, you know, he's not very good in the ring. Right. He's, he's athletic. You yeah. know, um, he's built a certain way. Um, and then last but not least, he's somebody that even past that age range that you're talking about. Right. You can still do more with him, even if he's not active. And I think that WWE is starting to kind of realize that going in. And, and I don't want to speak for him, but to be honest, if you have someone that's either a injured, B are there somebody that if they're no longer actively in the ring, can they still offer the company more? Can they still offer that entertainment? I mean, this is sports yeah. entertainment. Indefinitely, yeah. you know, um, you know, LA Knight can do that. Um, again, some other people I want to kind of mention out there, he wasn't 40 when he uh, debuted a second time on WWE, but uh, AJ Styles, 
AJ Styles was born in 77. You see what I'm saying? But because he was somebody that had an upside um, and not even deep on the mic as LA Knight at this point, right? He was someone that WWE could could, could effectively look at a, a, a long-term plan of the legacy he already brought, the renown that he has outside of the WWE factory, and bring it into the WWE system and let's extend it for as long as we possibly can, right? Um, and I think that's that's my point that I want to make with this article is that, especially with WWE, and I think even with wrestling in general, you're starting to see people make a huge impact who are not necessarily entering competitors. I cannot imagine in, in the next five years, and, and I pray that this never happens, there's no Paul Heyman on WWE. That'll feel weird to me, right? Because he brings a presence that fits there, right? Um, just like back in the day, like, uh, and, and I know I'm going more towards, towards uh, managerial roles, right? But that's what they tried to book LA Knight for, right? And he still got noticed. And again, that's that upside. Um, uh, Hart, he was another person, right? You know, big mouth for the South. Like, do you expect to see him out there with the next up and coming and help elevate their careers? You, and, and that's the point that I'm trying to make is I think WWE is starting to realize, yeah, you may not have the longevity that you would with a younger person. And I know WWE is going in that direction, obviously, with having younger people. We talked about it on the last show with many of people that's 19, 20, 21. But it doesn't take away from the fact that you can't utilize older talent that has skin in the game and if you're even lucky if they were the ones with good habits from the indie scene they can definitely help impact moving the company forward if they're going to willing to 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 work whether it's on camera off camera because we talked about dana brooks in the last show but who's to say she's not working with the young female talent in the background you, you, see, you see what i'm saying so that, that's why i kind of think of a business standpoint um <sighs> move on to the second uh, count here this comes from tjr wrestling uh dax harwood critical of aew wrestler in bad mood over cm punk's return um dax harwood believes anyone who has problems with cm punk's return should address the situation personally CM Punk's AEW return is the talk of wrestling world, and in his promo on the debut episode of Collision, he wasted no time in taking some jabs at his public rivalry with the Young Bucks. His comments came after his much-discussed ESPN interview in which he called out Adam Page for poisoning everything during their AEW world title feud and even wondered whether Paige had stiffed him in the ring on purpose. Dave Meltzer has gone on record saying he doesn't believe it was the time to make such comments and writing in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, the journalist alluded to one top star being in a bad mood and believing locker room tension could be likened to a ticking time bomb. Quote, ratings were good and attendance was very good this week, but one top name noted to us that they went home after the show on Wednesday in a bad mood, and even with the key people kept apart and not on the same shows, 
describe the fear of this being a ticking time bomb that will not have a happy ending. In a now deleted tweet, Punk's longtime friend Dax Harwood took the star in question to task, wondering why the person couldn't simply have a conversation rather than tell backstage drama to a journalist. Quote, this one will get me, or this one will get some heat, but fuck it, it needs to be said. Whatever top star left this show in a bad mood because a certain individual was there, instead of running to Dave, why not just talk to the individual face-to-face? That's how we used to do things back in the day. Uh, Harwood also rejected claims of division in the locker room, pointing to how well his young daughter Finley was treated during a recent visit. I can't thank everyone in AEW enough for how well they treated Finley this week at Dynamite. You all made her feel so special. Is there a divisiveness that a certain individual is reporting? I didn't see it at all. Check the collision locker room, too. This is a family. All right. <laughs> so I think that that last part um, is total bullshit in general just because... Um, you're talking about a young girl, and if there was anyone being a dick to a young girl, then go fuck yourself, okay? Yeah, that's unnecessary. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that's just bullshit to bring your daughter into that angle to make it look like a happy family. That's, that's fucked up. Um, but the truth uh, here is that someone was uh, pissed off, or not even pissed off, but kind of feeling that... Um, the situation backstage is that there's still a ticking time bomb because of CM Punk being back. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that this, you know, potential of there being animosity back there is still high? And is it right to go to uh, Meltzer uh, instead of addressing it head on? Especially keep this in mind. If you're someone who has a history with that guy and that guy has been a dick to you in the past, bringing this to him might cause, I don't know, another fight. But bringing it to Meltzer, what Mm -hmm. does that do? Because now you just made it public. Mm -hmm. I feel like we we talk about these situations at AEW quite often. Um. First and foremost, to answer the first part of your question is, no, I think it's extremely uh, uh, not professional at all. And I'll say it from this standpoint. First and foremost, you are able to air out your grievances early, way back. If you didn't get it all out then or even take it a step further and put your stance or a line in the sand, your your work-related boundaries, then that's on you. It, no offense. I've worked at places where I have some animosity towards somebody or they have animosity towards me. And I'm very much like uh, uh, that, you know, what are you saying? Let's have a meeting, plain and simple. Let's get it out, let's get it, let's get uncomfortable and let's let's move the heck forward because sitting there uh, creating atmosphere for another blow up, AEW can't afford to do that. And I'm not saying that it'll close the business out, but this is something that, 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 that was unneeded attention in the first place, whether it was created or otherwise right and, and right john, now you got it and, huh? and john says here i just want to make this you know uh, point in the chat 
Dax makes a solid point. Forget wrestling. And that's just a life lesson. Be a man and talk to someone to their face. Mm-hmm. Don't be a keyboard warrior. Amen. Which, you know, um, it's it's solid advice. But but let's just be realistic here. That's being a man on your end. Now, the guy you're going to talk to, is he a man? Oh, hell no. <laughs> He's not even a prophet. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's an interesting question. It's like, yeah, do you man up and go talk to him and then have his bitch ass turn around and start saying shit? Oh, were you talking about CM Punk or, or yeah. were you talking about, okay, so no, see, no. See, I was talking about Meltzer. Uh, no, fuck Meltzer. Yeah, Meltzer. Because Meltzer's job is to stir the pot and release a story. So that makes Meltzer, you look no, like no, a no, dumbass. No, 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 it's not even to stir the pot. Meltzer's job is one simple thing. Create Make bullshit. For himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. No. Now, with well, regards to CM Punk, Punk, yeah, 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 yeah. With regards to CM Punk, obviously, if you saw what the results of last time is, why would you want to retread that? Yeah. Let's, let's just keep it simple. Why would you want to retread that? It, yeah. it, it, there's some people you're not going to get along with at your job that are going to be there indefinitely. You are not going to get rid of them, although you may think and try. You just need to learn to, to live with them. Part of you getting paid is the work you do and the bullshit you put up with. Yeah. So when you look at your check and you look at your bank account, Jay, I put up with CM Punk for two, <laughs> wherever your pay schedule is. Well, and what's interesting, too, is that this apparently, too, was after Wednesday. So wow. it wasn't even at Collision. Hmm. So that makes it even more interesting of, okay, and, and I think that, first off, um, if you're going to report this shit, Meltzer, grow a pair of fucking balls and say who the fuck it is and who they're yeah. talking about. yeah okay because no, no, yeah this makes no sense then because if you look at it this guy was apparently wednesday was when he didn't he wasn't happy after the tapings but yet they're divided so if they're divided in, in meaning saturday and wednesday in separate you know separate locker rooms and stuff like that maybe not even at this show um what the fuck <laughs> but again it makes you know Paige look like a, a dumbass like like this is the dude you go talk to like no problem like like real talk i will never ever go talk to somebody with a big ass mouth about some issues that should for the most part be internal you are asking for trouble and then as we know with the telephone game there's no telling what's gonna come out on the other end of what you initially said it's just it's just not not smart. Come on, Paige, be smarter, man. Don't be a dumb cowboy. Do smart cowboy shit. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's let's put it this Move way. <laughs> you know, this this guy uh, doesn't draw flies anyway. So, um, you know, that's that's the other thing. Is this guy really worth it? But. Third count. All right, let's move on. Comicbook.com. Uh, new details reportedly revealed on WWE's changed world heavyweight title plans. Seth Rollins was set to issue an open challenge for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship on Raw this past Monday night. 
But it ultimately didn't end up happening because he was attacked by Finn Balor, who's facing at Money in the Bank. But that wasn't the original plan. According to a new report from Fightful Select, the original plan was for returning Tommaso Ciampa to challenge Rollins for the title and get quite a bit of time for the match. Those plans were changed, and the report states that people backstage indicated that those around the match were quite frustrated with the changes. Uh, Ciampa was supposed to make his big return from injury and answer Rollins' challenge, but it was changed to have Rollins attacked by Baylor, and that would cause... This is lovely, too. Uh, people writing articles out there. Fucking spell check. Uh, that would <laughs> cause the mix to come out. The mix... Come on, Miz. You're a fucking reporter, apparently, but I guess not. It would cause the Miz to come out and say he was going to answer the challenge before Rollins was attacked, but then Ciampa would come out and get into a match with the Miz, who was his former tag partner. Uh, Fightful was told that the change was a Vince McMahon move, and those who originally planned for the match wanted to stick to the original plan. One plan was for there to be a non-finish so that it would have looked uh, helped uh, Ciampa look strong even if Rollins retained, but the exact plans for the match are known. There's still an internal plan to have Ciampa join up with The Way and reunite with Johnny Gargano, and Gargano was backstage at Raw. Uh, Gargano wasn't planned for the show, though, when the show kicked off. Um... And then this person uh, does put in uh, their two cents. It's unfortunate it was changed simply because the match between Rollins and Ciampa would have been stellar. They can always cross paths later, of course. Uh, so it doesn't mean we won't eventually get to that. No shit, Sherlock. Um, also, when Ciampa was hurt, he was in a program that involved the mix. Fucking moron. Uh, so having him interact with him in a match does make sense as well. No fucking kidding. Um, besides the fifth grader who wrote this, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is an interesting point that uh, I think the key here is that allegedly, without any proof given, uh, they were told that this was a Vince McMahon call. Well, realistically, um, did it make sense to not have this match didn't make more sense for instead of Ciampa coming out there and just challenging Seth, uh, which there's really no history there. There's no buildup. There's no reason for that return just to be that match and then him not win the title. Um, then does it not make more sense for it to be the Miz and to potentially have uh, Ciampa face Rollins down the line? Or if he is going to be with the way, uh, wouldn't you want to have that be the big focus of him, you know, coming back and uh, getting together with the group? What, what are you thinking on uh, this uh, report here? Well, first and foremost, with this report, um, I, I understood why the clerical errors were made by Matthew Aguilar. Um, in a world that we're coming into journalism where you're going to have AI writing all your journal, he wanted to make sure he showed us he was still human. Um, moving on, uh, I will definitely say that um, Champa coming out to uh, face the mix, I mean the Miz, um, was 
was was dead on and and i will echo what you said michaels yes the, the, if he had went out in in challenge Seth, not that it would have been bad not that we wouldn't have been happy to hear it and happy to have him back there was no build-up and i think that uh again i'm going to echo what i keep saying uh you've seen champa's work briefly on the main roster but extremely if you watch nxt which a lot of viewers did carry over if you could say that and i will say yes uh champa would put on a hell of a match with seth and it deserves a build-up and so if that was what part of the decision was great if it was a vince mcmahon decision for the record simon street believes vince mcmahon always is going to make some kind of decision when he feels like he needs to i really don't give two shits who's making the decisions as long as it makes ethical sense when it doesn't well, make that, ethical sense then then i'm going to complain <laughs> and that and that brings up a point john said here if it's true i'm fine with the change to help the returning champa save face same with a rumored pitch of Johnny Gargano answering the open challenge in his hometown. And that's another thing that mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, kind of rumored, I think, last week or two weeks ago when they were, uh, you know, in, I believe it's Cleveland is his hometown. So, you know, there was rumors that, you know, he was at the show and he was going to face Rollins and that never happened. Um, so, you know, could... <laughs> Could this also be a pattern of bullshit being fed out there where it's just like we can use Seth Rollins, quote unquote, open challenge to just kind of make fucking news stories. Not not the sites themselves, but guys backstage just going, hey, why don't we say this? Yeah, yeah. Let's throw this out there. Right. Uh, Johnny Gargano was, uh, yeah, he was supposed to do the open challenge for Seth, but uh, things got changed, man, and uh, we're not sure why, but uh, that's what happened. I, I just, mean, I, I just laugh because that phrase is used all the time, but they don't realize that's part of the business. Stuff changes a million times yeah. over, even before it airs, and right. and we know this is part of particularly WWE's culture. So why are we surprised? In, in Meltzer, dude, I'm glad that you are still living and breathing and successful because at the end of the day, you teach me life lessons on what to not do to become successful. Or what to do to become successful because if you have no absolute fucking talent in a business and no experience in it, uh, this is the way to con people into thinking that you know shit. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's got to have a stick. And, well, his is always going to be working, it seems. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's interesting to uh, the idea of uh, this would have been a good match. Well, fuck yeah, it would have been a good match. That would have been great. But I do have to say that's the difference between WWE and AEW in that sense. And that is on AEW fans would have been absolutely going apeshit. This is so good. This is so good. But then we'd never hear anything about it again because there'd be yeah. no story to it. And here, if you would have just done that and you wouldn't have had no story and then it would just been kind of forgotten in the wayside, um, people would have been pissed because uh, why aren't they revisiting that? That was so fucking good, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, because there was no story. Two good wrestlers can put on a good fucking match, no matter what. Yeah, It's the story that makes the difference. Well, and, and also, too, is maximizing potential for the match. And, and WWE yeah. has that pedigree and the legacy and the time in 
this business to to kind of know how to do that. And that's why we're so critical. Even I feel like sometimes more with WWE when they don't get it because you're like, come on, you you have the tutelage to know to do this shit. AEW, not that they have an excuse, but they're making a lot of mistakes out of the youthfulness of their business, particularly in booking. And it's just just, well, just an observation. But they're also they're also playing towards a fan base, right? You know, when you can't build a fan base, what do you do? Retain the fan base, right? That's the whole thing. You you want to please those seven hundred thousand or so that are consistently watching your product. Well, so, I think you want to find a balance. I mean, it's, it's it's almost anybody with kids, right? So for me, every time I go in, I bring my kids in the store, right? They always want shit. They want a candy bar. They want a an energy drink, whatever the hell they want, right? I don't always cave in, but I always, every once in a blue moon, that if they didn't get on my damn nerves, I'll give them what they want. So they have that illusion of thinking, hey, they're part of a system to where they may get what they want, but it ain't going to be every time. In WWE, yeah. I feel it's figured that out now. And, and it's funny you say that because it's not just the fans. I think it runs that way too. Think about that. What you just said is very reminiscent of what Vince McMahon would do, right? He would, you know, basically say what I say goes, right? Because I'm dad. But every once in a while, one of the guys comes to him. Oh, okay. You know what? Let's try that. I'll give you that. All right. Let's, let's, you know, dad's feeling generous. But in the other company. Oh, dad's, that, that, dad's just giving out blank checks. What you want to write? What you want to do today? It's Christmas every day. Not just because it's snowing everywhere I go. And oh, don't put that in your nose, little Johnny. So yeah, I mean that's an interesting fact. It's it's not only towards the fans, but it's also even the backstage structure in the some regards of you know how to handle because the boys you know they are kids because you mm-hmm. give them an inch they'll take a fucking mile right. You ain't lying. So <laughs> you know um, so that's you know that's a very interesting point um, and, and also what we're seeing here too um, you know that. The whole thing was um, the idea, well, Seth might not get this belt because he's doing filming for the Marvel movie or whatever he was working on, or he has upcoming stuff or whatever the fuck it was. And you look right now and you kind of go, well, maybe he will lose the belt to to Finn, um, which would make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. for the Judgment Day and growing them as the heel faction, which is... Yeah, it just it would make a lot of sense. Um, so, to me, it makes more sense just for that buildup of that match that Finn attacked him on Monday. Finn also attacked him on Tuesday at NXT. Sure did. He's probably going to attack him uh, uh, next week as well. <laughs> right. I mean, it just you know, or Seth is going to attack him. You know, um, yeah, payback time. Right. That's. You know, you've done it to me twice. Now the, the third time is my payback to you. So in building that up, that makes a lot more sense. Chiapa comes out, wrestles a good match against Seth. That's great. But where does it go? And I think that, you know, we're going to also see that too, always with open challenges. I yeah. think open challenges are one of the toughest things to pull off, right? Because if you don't have an ultimate feud that you're setting up meaning if the open challenges for the first four or five six weeks you know are good matches but guys who essentially it wasn't going to go anywhere 
you have to eventually get to the guy that is going to make that a feud now for the next two months um because that's the storytelling uh, whether it be the guy who beats you in the open challenge or um you know someone who was so close but you cheated to win and this guy wants that rematch but now that open challenge is closed you know mm -hmm. You just you you can play with so many different scenarios with that open challenge as long as you have something planned out. Um, otherwise, this is all you're going to get is speculations from you know fans of uh, boy, I really would have wanted to see that match. And then whoever's fueling the fire by saying that this was supposed to be a match—that's a key too. Because who the fuck knew this was actually on the fucking rundown sheet? Was it on the rundown sheet? Who's leaking this out there so that, you know, this is something that gets talked about? I think that's a, a very valid and interesting fact as well. You know what was the most interesting challenge, although it wasn't for a title ever that I remember? And it, you, said, you said the challenge of these, these open challenges. Remember Teddy Long's, uh, I think it was like a five-minute white boy challenge? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was the most creative thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm not saying we should bring Teddy Long back and have him be a manager for Sepp's title, but that was kind of funny because then you were thinking about, well, how many more white boys can we bring out? You know, it made you think. And I think that's what a, a, a an open challenge, particularly when you have a title, for me, should be, right? You're right. thinking in your head, like we're doing now, well, who would be a good person to come in? Who might come in? Because then that brings up a lot of people who want to view in. To, to, to chime in and see, hey, did who I pick come to, to into fruition? Yeah, and you and you want to you want something that is going to stick too. You know, um, the U.S. title when they had Cena doing it, mm -hmm. it, it worked because essentially what you were doing is you were having guys who would give Cena good, or you know, Cena would give them good matches, meaning that even though he was going to retain you were starting to see more in these people and that's the whole thing um but was that know, more effective because it was cena in in quote unquote the challenge wasn't so much for you to win the title it was just you going up against the mountain to get tv well, time and recognition but but would you not say that at this point seth rollins Oh, he yes. is. That is the world championship. Oh, oh, right? oh, what, what, without a doubt, and I, and I agree with you. I'm saying like back yeah. then, it, yeah, it worked well with Cena, no, but yeah. it didn't work great with Bobby Lashley. And I'm no offense to 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 was it Bobby right. Lashley? Yeah, Bobby, I, it, it didn't work great. Yeah, yeah, it, it it didn't work as well. Yeah, right. And 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 the whole thing too is that Cena, um, being that it was John Cena, uh, you could use the U.S. title. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and they've done this before too. You know, because of that president that that set um you've had other guys in the past decade who have done that where you know i'm the u.s champion so i'm going to issue the open challenge and you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work um but it's again open challenge is such an interesting concept in one strange fascinating thought and that is there is a rundown sheet and these mm -hmm. assholes are leaking the idea. So how do you kill the idea of an open challenge? Well, Champa was supposed to take the open challenge. Well, wait, if it's an open challenge, it isn't issued until he 
exactly. exactly. The guy, you know, hey, come on out here. So in some regards, this quote unquote journalism that we get in this business is, you know, something that really fucks up kayfabe in terms of that idea of it makes fans more bitter. It makes fans, you know, wishing that they'd seen something else. Um, but to a 10 year old kid who doesn't know that shit, Mm. Seth Rollins issuing a challenge and someone like the Miz about to come out and take it and then Finn jumps Seth. That's pretty fucking good storytelling. Mm -hmm. 100%. I agree with you. I really thought the mix was going to actually face off against Seth. I was getting excited for the mix. Yeah, I mean, Mike McSannon, you know, from 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 Cleveland. Cleveland. Is he he from Cleveland or Cincinnati? Yeah, Yeah, he's from Cleveland. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, him and and Gargano are both from Cleveland. Yeah, Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just funny to me that a guy who has been in uh, pop culture and national exposure uh, for twenty plus years because of the real world, yeah, um, you have uh, a website that can't even sp- just go back and check their autocorrect and uh, just hysterical. Um, and yes, the mix is a two-time Grand Slam champion. Go you, mix. You know what I would do if I was the mix? I would find uh, a sponsor, not a sponsorship, but like a, a, a deal with, uh, I don't know, making something like pie or seasoning or something. And it says, I'm the Miz, and this mix is awesome. Or something like that. Just make some money off somebody's stupidness in journalism. Yeah, or just... Uh, just go home to your hot wife and realize who the fuck cares what's being written. You ain't lying. Uh, you are not lying, man. Miz, I, I just got to say, man, there's a couple of men in this world that have that have fulfilled a dream of what I would dream about in, in yes, man, you, yes. Because Maurice first came out, and it was before I even really got a chance to look at her. her just her voice and her accent drove me nuts. Her and Celine on all day. Anyways, let's move on. <laughs> well, that's a good time to mention that for all your workout needs, rep sports, rep sports for those days that you just put in all the sweat and you're glistening and you're having yourself a good night with the uh, the mix or the mixes. Uh, <laughs> rep sports use code Vegas to get uh, some money off there at checkout. Simon, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I uh, just want to thank everybody for tuning in and watching us. And um, usually Sin City would say, but thank you for all of the men and women that serve our country. So we get the opportunity to be able to do this um, and anything that we're able to do. We appreciate you and we love you. Um, last little thing, just want to let everybody know for all you video game fans out there, it's finally coming out. Yes, AEW Fight Forever comes out next week, June 29th, 2023. It'll be on the platforms of PS5, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and yes, Nintendo Switch and PC. Get it if you can. And just a little tidbit, Cody Rhodes is a playable character on this game. So he will be one of the, not I would say the first people, but he will be on both this game as well as 2K23. So you guys go pick it up. It looks to be fun. Yeah, it, it uh, doesn't look to be fun. It looks to be a shit show <laughs> in itself, probably. It actually uh, is not is not too bad. I, I, I was able to uh, look at some gameplay. 
Uh, and it wasn't, it was just by other people who were testing it out. It wasn't like, it doesn't look horrible. Let's put it that way. We will see what happens on release day. Retail price. Uh, retail price is standard game. So it's, it's, it's a standard, uh, uh, for, I think it's like 50 or six, 62 buck game, basically. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. It, it, Let's think uh, positive for once. <laughs> well, I'm just so uh, I've I've heard I've heard that um, there's not a lot of faith in this, to the point where some targets have only ordered like three copies. I could believe so. that. <laughs> I I know I, I could definitely believe that. Uh, well, you know, and, and it makes sense. Listen, um, let let's be realistic about it. The honest answer is when you have a, a base of only you know let's say five hundred thousand people of that audience who plays video games of the you know seven to eight hundred thousand that they you know average as as fans um yeah i mean i could see stores being kind of worried that if they order more product um it's just going to go to waste because the problem still is what is AEW to a lot of people in a, in a random store? Look, the action figures sold like hotcakes right at the beginning because all the people who were speculative bought that shit up. And then the stores ordered more and you see those figures sitting on shelves. So that's you know in itself uh, it just it goes to show that the aew merchandise beyond the actual base of ordering through the aew website or going to events um it's it's not a big brand like a wwe product and so it's going to be unfortunate that they're going to have problems selling units moving units um hopefully Really, in the end, the best they can hope for is to make back a portion of the money, and that's about it. Because if you look at the nightmare that this thing has been, um, dude, I, I, I can only imagine how much they're going to end up losing on this game. Well, they, they already not started on a good foot. Uh, I won't go into details, but basically what was supposed to happen is uh, AEW Fight Forever was supposed to be um, a day one playable on game pass microsoft game pass or xbox game pass uh they obviously reneged on the deal because it's not on game pass which would have helped it not being as much exposure as a 2k game would be right you have it more accessible so i, I don't know you know they'll figure it out like i said from a look from the gameplay it looked to have a fun factor now again <laughs> what plagued the company that developed this game which used to do 2k games was glitching and a lot of problematic so we'll see day one you better have that patch ready because if someone like sin city steve was really wanting to play this game and excited and that's their next level of enjoying aew content to be riddled with glitches and problems and they have to wait for uh, like months for a patch it's, it's unacceptable so yeah i'd be like you'd be getting in the forbidden door <laughs> On that note, everyone, <laughs> everyone, uh, take care of yourselves. And as uh, our uh, our host DJ Impact would say, 
Until next time, happy wrestling, everybody.